Hello, hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me. You're um, welcome. Lovely to be here. <laughs> we had a couple of technical difficulties, but we're here now, which is good. Um, always keeps us on our toes. Um, so this week's podcast, I think we're at episode number six this week for the Love Generator Matchmaking Podcast. I yeah. have a really exciting guest on today who is a dating expert, PR, um, you name it, talk about dating, female advocate for dating, you're the lady. So it's Rachel Lloyd from eHarmony and you also run your own um coaching business don't you as well yes I do indeed so um yeah really good to be here I'm a trained life coach and I also have um core relationship counseling skills and to boot I'm also an ex-journalist although I don't know whether you're ever an (laughs) ex-journalist you're a recovering journalist and um so I brought all those sort of skills together when I came to work at eHarmony um to go above and beyond just sort of doing the PR and marketing and I um you know, I focus on um, talking about dating trends, relationships, compatibility, all that stuff. And I imagine with all the amount of data and all the people that join um, eHarmony, you must be absolutely bombarded um, with different topics and trends and oh, completely, um, yeah. everything that's going on. Because it's changing all the time, isn't it, dating? It's just constantly changing with lockdown coming out of lockdown dating uh-huh. apps matchmaking yeah um, the industry is changing all the time as well I mean it is a really fast moving game this one yeah it really is and I think there's always people that want to um, find love it's a huge industry people are looking yeah. for dates there's constantly and there's obviously different ways of doing it I'm a matchmaker so I've got a bit of a different approach from um, eHarmony but yeah, it would be so good today, Rachel, just chat to you because I know you're a really strong, um, strong thought process regarding women and yeah. dating. Um, yeah. As am I, this is a subject that's really close to my heart, especially for the women that are kind of in their 30s that want to date, that want to find a compatible match um, and maybe have been unsuccessful before. Um, obviously, most people have been cooped up in lockdown for over a year, so they've lost a year of their dating dating life essentially and being able to meet someone um how have you found it on your side um with single ladies looking for love like what are the trends that you've seen um in lockdown going Mm. out of lockdown and for 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 women who want to to find a really serious partner yeah well it's obviously been a unique period in history really and um when we first went into lockdown last year in the spring, um, you know, and the world was a very scary place, I thought that we would basically see a decline in people coming to us to look for love because I just thought mm. the whole world's going to go on hold now. Yeah. But actually, we saw the opposite. We saw our numbers went up by a third on the app and conversations more than doubled. And wow. we launched video date around that time because we'd always talked about doing video date, but mm. there'd never been an appetite for it. People just didn't want to, you know, any research we did on it said that people didn't like the idea. And suddenly it took off during lockdown because, you know, people will always find a way to seek those intimate connections. So, and I know you're specifically asking me to focus on women, but I just want to sort of make the case that there was almost like an online dating boom during the pandemic even though people couldn't meet up because we know psychologically 
that during times of uncertainty and crisis, people innately yearn for more connection. Um, yeah. I was going to say, you were saying before that after 9-11, uh-huh. the same, a similar thing happened, didn't it? That yeah. your, um, the people joined. So it's obviously when there's a time of crisis, people want to be together, don't they? And find find a mate completely and uh, we did see this because eHarmony has been around for over 20 years now because we're an international brand of course and we were one of the first online dating brands which was you know used to be like people were sort of stigmatized if they used it they were very secretive about it but so back when (laughs) 9-11 happened I mean it was you know terrible tragedy and so at eHarmony in America they said right no more marketing let's stop and um, the numbers again went up by a good third if not more uh, people were just really keen to to make connections and meet romantically and plan a future. And so yeah. bringing this back to, and we still saw a similar thing, by the way, with the 2008 financial crash. Really? Um, yeah, this, this sort of acceleration and people wanting to find love. Yeah. Um, but I would say to your question of women, um, this is a completely different sort of ball game for them in many ways because particularly as you say, women in their 30s, you know, it's, it's that decade where those who haven't settled down in virtual commas are under often enormous social and emotional pressure to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they've lost crucial dating time. I think we discussed this, you know, last week, didn't we? Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's that kind of, um, the deadline seems to be ever more intense, uh, which is, you know, it's really um, tough, really hard for women of that age group. And, um, but one, one thing we did do during the pandemic was a study with Relate, um, the counselling charity. And we found that 40% of um, people overall had felt that loneliness was the biggest, I mean, it's so obvious, isn't it? People did feel yeah. very lonely. But a third of singles, a lot of whom were women in this group, found that they actually did quite well on their own and felt empowered by to be find, finding that out yeah so there is a sort of silver lining in this um it's so interesting isn't it because i think that um you know you think that maybe the women wouldn't want to be on their own and they'd want to find someone but actually they probably just you know got through it and just think you know we'll get through it we'll get out the other side um and then start looking for matches again um but yeah the whole the whole pandemic has just been really eye-opening for lots of reasons and so many um, so many different trends have come up through dating that you may not have thought would have emerged, and they have. Um, yeah. So it's really good to kind of now we're easing out of lockdown, hopefully, and you know people are looking for like the summer of love and looking to get out on dates and actually to meet people. Because um, as you said before, you know before lockdown, I never hardly ever went on a Zoom call or a video call like mm-hmm. I would step away from them. But now it's just day-to-day isn't it we're all on video calls constantly so that's definitely yeah. helped uh-huh. um do you think this is actually going to change the way people are going to interact now face to face do you think there's going to yeah. be a change in <laughs> i do as well how do you think it's going to affect people i do actually because because of the popularity of video date i think it'll be the new first date and i think that will continue this kind of pre-selection of who to actually meet up with yeah. in real life and if you think about it it makes sense because it's cheaper isn't it there's no cheaper, travel less stress. yeah and you can Quite still make eye contact <laughs> and get a sense yeah. of who the person is can't you 
Yeah, absolutely. I actually think it's a really good way to have a first date if you're confident on a video because there's not as much pressure. If you don't like the person, you can just have a quick 10 minutes and you can just put the call down on them, can't you? You don't have to get dressed up, go to a location, worried, you know, you're you're safe as well in exactly. your own home, which is really good for women. Um, how else do you think it's going to change the way that we date? Well, I think that initially um, there will be this, I mean, well... I was about to say there was, there's going to be a big boom in people meeting up, but we've just literally done some research like last week that's come out yeah. that shows that a quarter... Now, let me just get this research little report up in front of me. A quarter of millennials are suffering from FODA, fear of dating again. Um, really? Yes, and uh, the reasons that they're giving for this is... So it's sort of Gen Z and millennials, basically, younger people, yeah. inverted commas. It's because they feel they've lost crucial social skills. Um, but they were lockdown. quite reliant on it. And yeah. the young, the young, sorry to interrupt you, the younger generation yeah. um, have always been more focused on screens, haven't they? On their phone. They haven't always been as, as good, maybe, as socially interacting. When I've spoken to people in this age range, you know, they're a bit more wary than people that are older. Um, because yeah. they've been brought up on WhatsApp, been brought up on instant messaging, whereas, you know, I think if you're a bit older, you're used to going out and meet, meeting people face to face. So, yeah, I can imagine this has affected them, made, maybe made them more introverted than what they was before. Yeah, because they live on social network platforms. Media. And yeah. when I think about some of my nephews and nieces, to be honest, they spend a lot of time, particularly the boys, gaming. And, the, and, and yeah. I'm like, you know... I better not give a real name. Sam, I'll be like, why don't you go and play football with your friends? You know, in normal times, if you like. Yeah. And it's like, well, all my friends are online with me, you know, and, so and some of these friends I've never met, but they feel like they have this community. And I think so that does sort of leak into later life for this sort of generation. Um, but th here's the thing about women that we can bring back in. We also okay. found that half of singles, 49% to be precise, are set yeah. to embrace their own singledom. So they've come out of this pandemic saying, do you know what? I'm really going to enjoy my freedom and enjoy life again without feeling the need to rush into a relationship. And yeah. of that group, over half of them are women. So, oh, that's, so that's a big chunk of women who are basically saying, no, 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 I'm feeling really empowered post-pandemic. I'm looking forward to the restrictions lifting so that I can really enjoy my life to the full. I, so, I think that's the thing, isn't it? People are so desperate to go out and just have normality and go out with your friends and go to an event or go to a gig or whatever it might be, just with each other, not necessarily with a partner, but, you know, just be sociable again. I can't wait for myself. Um, yeah, I can't. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm really looking forward. I can't wait. looking forward to being able to just go and do things and and not worry about, I mean, even just like a nice Sunday lunch in a beer garden or just, just yeah. the feeling like I'm around people again. Um, there's just so and, much in it. And people not saying, what are you doing this weekend? You're like watching Netflix or going for a dog walk. You know, there's a little bit more variety in life. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, go on. So, yeah, with the dating and moving out and now finding, you know, love in this in 2021 uh -huh. um what do you think is going to be the best way for people to date in 2021 like what do you think are going to be the top the top ways that that people are dating i mean i think initially there's going to be a little bit of reticence but that will be followed by a sort of um, dating rush 
mm-hmm. because um, also a lot of people have been celibate for a long time. Let's be honest. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, they will. It's not even just about sex. I don't know that we can talk about that on here. Yeah, so we can talk about sex. It's fine. Excellent. <laughs> um, it's about kind of just cuddles and affection and touch. Intimacy. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, um, especially for the people who've been living totally by the rules, you know, and may not have gone out and met people. Exactly. With the fear of catching COVID, you know, some people have really stuck to to what you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. So as soon as they've got their, their injection and they can go out, they've got the vaccine and they can meet people, probably just spending an afternoon sitting in a park hugging someone, and, you know, sharing exactly. a glass of wine, having a picnic might be a great way for them to spend time together. Brilliant. And um, we do think also, funny you should say that, there'll be more of these kind of um, green dates, as we call them, because, Mm. you know, when we were sort of in a period of social distancing, but not lockdown, you could actually go for walks and things. Yeah. And and that was sort of encouraged. And so uh, this sort of rather Jane Austen style courting came into play where. Yeah. And and I think we'll see the impact of this post pandemic where people basically without being able to sort of rip each other's clothes off and all the rest of it, or at least officially do so. There was this slowing down of getting to know each other intimately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the bonus of that was that you were sort of courting old fashioned style, going for walks, as I say, going to see scenic places and things and getting to know each other on video calls and getting a real sense of core values traits compatibility without the you know physical act of of passion kind of blinding you to whether this was a good match so i'm hoping that we see this that people will also be thinking not only do i not need to sort of rush this i actually want to get to know people in a more meaningful way but if I was to be marooned again, if there was another crisis like this, who do I want to yeah. be marooned with? So I yeah, think, and yeah, there'll be less casual dating. What do you think? I totally agree. And I was actually um, speaking to people and listening to other podcasts on similar subjects and, you know, speaking to my friends and clients for the matchmaking agency as well. And not being able to be intimate and not being able to hug and kiss and stay over at people's houses and actually having to do things with a future partner Mm. really makes you get to know them because if you have to spend you know an afternoon walking around a park and you've got nothing to talk about you're not going to see them again are you like you have to really get to know people and ask about the person and find out about them so their core values and their manners and what they really want is very clear isn't it um and also, if they just want to use the situation to sleep with someone or not to have a long-term relationship, that's they would just fizzle out over the pandemic anyway. So people that have stuck together yeah. who have met, I think, yeah, I think you're 100% right. It's going to hopefully lead to a long-lasting relationship for them. Um, and then there's been the other side of it where couples have moved in together in the beginning and you know their relationships have either swim swam or sank haven't they you know it's been a interesting time um and so many people have been in a relationship that was good for them you know when they were seeing each other maybe like once or twice a week spending a weekend together but then they've they've been locked up together and actually realizing that they can't spend all day together seven days a week you know it's been very intense for lots of couples so i think there's going to be a lot of singles who probably were in relationships who've got out of them over lockdown who are ready to start dating again as well um from a different perspective of things yeah we call them turbo relationships so the part ah. of the study, yeah part of the study we did with relate last year sort of identified this group of people 
who had sped up the kind of relationship process. So they might have been in the early stages of dating. Yeah. And they just, just sort of decided, right, we're going to jump the hurdles, meet the parents, move in, do it all because we don't oh, want to be isolated. Yeah. yeah. And we found that we polled about 5,000 people with Relate and we found that for couples in this sort of group, um, oh, actually, no, for couples generally, all couples this was, yeah. two months of living together in lockdown felt like the equivalent of two years in real life, in normal life. Yeah, 100%. So it's that intensity and it really tests the relationship. And so if your relationship isn't necessarily that compatible or you've kind of rushed into it thinking, I just want to grab someone and <laughs> lock down with them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's make or break, as you say. Yeah. And then there was the other couples that couldn't live together for whatever reason it was, especially in London, if they had housemates, you know, they, they couldn't move in with each other because there wasn't room and they were from different households. Yeah. Um, and, That's you know, I so spoke hard. to... Yes, so hard. I spoke to so many um, people that lived in London. They had a full house. The housemates weren't willing to let the other person move in um, because they were scared, which is fair enough. And, you know, they didn't see each other for a really, really long time. And that must have been very hard on people um, who probably just wanted to isolate with their partner and, and couldn't. I mean... It's, there's all different aspects of it, isn't there? There's people that have got together, people that have broken up, people that have maybe been put together in tiny houses that just haven't worked. People have been in big houses and maybe realised they can't actually spend time with each other, so they've occupied themselves. You know, it's, it's all, all different extremes. Um, yeah. But definitely an interesting time for dating and definitely has probably made or break a lot of relationships. Um, Absolutely. So I'm guessing you're going to have lots of new members. On uh, I would think you too. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to as well. Um, I know yeah. the whole matchmaking industry is on absolute fire at the moment and there's so many people wanting to join because it's it's different. People who want to join a matchmaking agency don't want to have um, go through the apps and go on online dating. So it will probably have different sorts of people that would go to either of our, cool. our services. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's been super interesting. And I have another little question that I want to ask you. So um, single shaming for women in their 30s. I know that um, this is something that I'm quite passionate about because as a 36-year-old woman, you often get asked, when are you going to have children? You know, what's your goals in life? And you feel like there's a, a time bomb or a ticking clock that people expect you to... Um, sort of adhere to you don't you and and if you're not if you're mm-hmm. not doing it then you know you don't fit in quite as society sees you which is absolutely untrue everyone's entitled to live their own way and you know it's how you want to live your life but from your perspective and from the data that you may have got from Eva Harmony like how does this mm-hmm. affect women or f- affect females in in their 30s you know or 40s even that, that haven't got had children yeah. or maybe haven't taken dating seriously it's really hard and I think the thing is that you know as you say people will say to you when you're that kind of age and you haven't settled down um it's almost like they think you forgot to have children or you just somehow forgot to get married or (laughs) it just hadn't occurred to you at all and in fact the reverse is true I think that women you know from very very early age I mean everything we absorb as kids onwards is all about you know finding the right partner settling down much more so than than it is for men or males Mm -hmm. um I know you know, I've got four brothers. I'm, you know, the only daughter, as it were. And conversations were being had with me in my 30s, which my brothers never, they were never, never. asked, you know. Um, 
so it's I do think women have it doubly tough um I really really empathize with anyone going through it it can be incredibly painful I believe that what we have to remember is that single shaming has now become a recognized phenomenon mm. I said I think I said that right <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> I think that there's a real um you know uh, that people are now rebelling more and there are movements to kind of empower people to feel I mean I know that um, Hermione Norris got um, quite a lot of um, she was criticized for using the term self-partnered yeah um, but she made a really good point um, which is that you know we are we are complete beings you know mm. and this idea that we have to be with somebody else in order to be complete is just it's just ethically wrong to sort of educate people that way and I think singles are well they're definitely on the increase I mean half of all households in the UK according to census data are, are single mm. what that means is never married actually yeah. so there might be some people that are cohabiting so it's always a difficult statistic but the but what advertising and the media and culture generally doesn't reflect back at single women is that they are the norm yeah this is the thing it's that you're you know you might be in a long term relationship and you're really happy in it but it's just the the norm for them to say like oh you you know you're not you're coming up to being 40 and you're not married you know you haven't got yeah. children and i think that's so sad because i think women should be entitled to live their life however they want and if they choose to cohabit with someone and not put a ring on their finger and not have children but they're really happy in their relationship you know that's perfectly fine um yeah I think I think the world is slowly waking up yeah, so, so for me personally I found my 30s in that regard a really really tough decade yeah. and I really struggled with it in my late 30s I remember feeling this increasing sense of urgency and despair mm. And dating became a minefield because I was sort of secretly trying to weigh up whether somebody would be good husband and straight father material. And it doesn't work out then, does it? Because you put too much no. pressure on the date and you you kind of have a tick list, don't you? Rather than going, oh, this yeah. is a nice person. You're like, is he, you know, has he got good genes? Has he got a good, whatever it may be that you're looking for. But um, I've spoken to men that when they're dating a woman who's, in their late 30s they can sometimes say it's very intense because they know what the woman is looking for and it scares yeah. them well they assume yeah they? They absolutely assume. yeah so it um, is scary for well we do have some other um insights on this um we've just done we've mined 120,000 e-harmony profiles to get this data yeah. i mean obviously we anonymized mm -hmm. might i add <laughs> so we looked at we looked at patterns with all these profiles and we found that um, in terms of women who might be in this sort of, you know, mid to late 30s, you know, terror zone, yeah. frankly, um, there's often this perception that there's a finite number of men available and, be, you know, but there is this sort of like stigma. You can't win mm. really because it's like if you act like you're not that interested, the men are like sort of slightly suspicious anyway. Yeah. And if you put it on the table, you're going to scare people yeah. off. Um, so you can't really win. <laughs> But what we found was that generally, uh, uh, in the population at large, um, the average guy is with a woman, heterosexual male, is with a woman five years younger. Mm. Um, but um, the, the age bias, and they generally do prefer, you know, even 55-year-old men prefer to be with women who are at least five years younger. Yeah. And it's such obvious stuff. It's like, you know, because they're considered to be healthier, brackets better looking yeah. brackets more youthful all mm. of that 
But this bias disappears for men with kids. So dads, that that bias is completely removed and the they're very happy to date people their own age, younger, older, whatever, because their values have shifted. Yeah. They're not being driven by these unconscious kind of um, evolutionary instincts. Yeah. And they're just less judgmental. So it might not be for everyone's cup of tea, but if you're a woman in her mid to late 30s and you really want to settle down and you think my options are limited, I, I'm telling you that really lovely single dad, and we've got loads of them on our <laughs> site, are really good options. You know, a bit, a, they might not be your preferred choice. But... They're a good option for people. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think that's great because single men who have got children who've probably been divorced or they've got kids, you know, I think that it's hard for them as well, isn't it, to find a partner? So um, it yeah. can be if, they've, if they're not meeting the right type of people. Um, so, yeah, that's great to hear. So that's very positive. So that's a positive outcome. So if you're in your 30s, check out all the, all the men. Sexy all dad. the sexy dad, yeah, with the little dad <laughs> Well, they're usually, to be fair, more mature. Yeah, so I know they are. Some bit sort of probably aren't being sexist now, but you know, people that have had children and childcare responsibilities and they have to juggle mm. a lot, they have to grow Absolutely. up. Absolutely, and they've probably got, so. you know, they've probably got a house. You know, they've got themselves sorted exactly. because they've got to set a ground, haven't they, for their children and and whatever partner they had before if they were married or or you know just in a long-term relationship so I'm sure they've been I'm sure that they have a very organized life which maybe people who haven't been married or had children may not have so yeah that's great um so I could literally listen to your stats and statistics all day um (laughs) but I'll send you some I'll send you like a very very long please please do um but Rachel so just for the viewers we obviously know you're part of eHarmony but your coaching your coaching business or your coaching style like it would be great to just hear about that and where people can find you across social media um and connect with you so yeah where are you where are you found you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore inspired um, and my name is obviously Rachel Lloyd, which my parents decided to spell A-E-L <laughs> to confuse everyone. And yes, I do offer bespoke coaching. Um, I mean, obviously relationship and dating coaching, but also just empowerment. Right. Um, so that is my um, passionate side hustle. <laughs> and, yes. um, yeah, I, I hope if nothing else, people enjoy my content on that channel. Yeah, and I think that empowering women, like I'm all for it because it's just fantastic when you see women rise up so that's amazing um and i'm sure eHarmony will be super busy and obviously we have a very different service with our matchmaking but it's every you know each different service to to different people isn't it what suits what suits each person um so it's been absolutely wonderful and i can't wait to see your stats um to come over and this will go across all of our social media platforms and obviously you're listening to the podcast now so it's on spotify and apple play um but yeah thank you so much for coming on you've been an absolute joy to chat to and i'm sure we'll speak again in the future um and if you have one last thing for single women out there to empower them what would your what would your thoughts be um you're perfect yeah exactly yeah i think that could be reached out to everyone (laughs) all right thank you that was my pleasure all right rachel well you have a good evening and um we'll see you again on the next podcast thank you Bye. bye